Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 36 of our weekly podcast, The Current View, with the idol of Hilverborough, Mr. Terry Curran. How's things? What a week it's been. Well, it's it's all up in chaos, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. you've got to be cautious with everything. You know, I understand that, but it, uh, I suppose it's got to get worse before it gets better like anything else, hasn't it? Yeah, it certainly has. And uh, how worse can it get? And, and how long will it be until it gets better? It's like how long's a piece of string, isn't it? No one knows at the moment. Exactly, and that's the problem with it, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's uh, I don't know. It's got to be. It's got to be. Um, it's got to be uh, a problem. You know, for the elderly more, more than anybody else. You know, mm. and it is. It's a virus, a bit stronger virus, I suppose, than, than the flu. But you know as well as I do. You know, there's people year in and year out um, lose their lives with uh, the flu because of the age and the, the vulnerability of them. So. But it's not nice for anyone, is it? But we, we have to get on with it. We have to wait and see uh, what happens. But um, it's, I mean, I, I, I try to make a light of it, you know, because, yeah. you know, you, you other, other than that, you, you, you'd be screaming about it all, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would, I think so. But it's disrupted. I mean, it's disrupted Europe. But you see, in, in Russia, yeah, uh, I think they've had one case of it, you know. And today I've been watching TV and I'm clicking through channels thinking there's no racing on and he's racing from Hong Kong. Well, Hong Kong's China, you know, so it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it just makes you wonder, doesn't it, that, you know, and and certainly we seem to be, in terms of Europe, one of the uh, last outbreaks. And when you're, if you're going second, third or fourth, you have a look at the ones that are going first and second to see how they fared with it and, you know, whether we fare better, worse or the same, no one knows and only time will tell. But um, it doesn't look very good. The thing is, we all this, Gabby, and yeah. look, everybody's got opinions. We all know that. We can't yeah. change, you know. But what can anybody do? Nothing. You know, at the end of the day, you're damned if you do yeah. and you're damned if you don't. If you close yeah. the schools down and everything down, then you're damned. Because all the people, all them what don't like, just said this prime minister uh criticizing for that and then if mm. he closes it down they're, they're criticizing for that so yeah you know and there we have to let me see how but it's a problem because it's you know i mean at least they've stepped in uh all the governments around the world it, it sounds a bit for the you know uh to make sure people uh again the mortgage pays or, or helping them to get the mortgage mm. paid so uh, paid so it, it, it's a thing, uh, what's causing the world a problem, and the quicker we can get over it, uh, the better it is. Absolutely. So on the basis of that, what have you sourced for us this week with the Magic Moments? Well, unless we unless we uh, watching dog racing, there's nothing because... <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is there? There's been no football and nothing. Well, them horses you... like it, Hong Kong. <laughs> 
I, I, there was only one like what last race, and I was surprised when I saw it. You know, because I've been watching YouTube and uh, yeah. all these things on YouTube, which I, I like. Yeah, I like to to watch. You know, just there was an interval, so I just flicked through channels. But uh, I mean, there is not. There's been no football on, has there? So, you know, what what can what can we? Uh, well, I've not seen anything where I could pick a, a magic moment from. Have you? Have you got anything from from magic moment? Well, last week we done the podcast on the Thursday rather than the Wednesday, and we were kind of half watching oh, Lask yeah. versus Manchester United, which happened to be probably the last TV football game that anyone watched. So I looked at that again today, five 0 to United, and there were. A number of magic moments. So let's. Just I didn't see it, and I forgot all about it. I was like, I, you know, uh, if you just sent me a text uh, or a, a private message to um, to have a look at that, because yeah. obviously, you know, but I, I completely forgot all about that game, uh, Gabby. But did you see Ingalo's goal when he kind of? No, I've not seen any. Oh, of you've it. not I've seen not any seen, of it. I forgot all, completely forgot yeah. all about it. You know, it? with this with this coronavirus. Yeah. There's been that much going off, and I completely got. I forgot all about the Manchester United game when he, I mean, I know the one five 0 yeah. but I completely forgot all about it. Well, a couple of um, magic moments that I, I'd picked out from that was Ingalo's goal, which was a tremendous run by uh, Bruno Fernandez, and he run towards the heart of the uh, the Austrian defence. To be fair, he got a little bit of luck when the ball ricocheted back to him, which you know. You often make that own your own luck by doing something sensational, and he did. He put a fantastic ball to um, Ingala, who was playing keepy-uppy on the edge of the Austrian box. One, two, three, bounce, bang, back of the net. So that was a magic moment. I mean, it, it sounds brilliant, but it's like, oh, else if you don't look, it's giving, it's having, it's great players yeah. will pick the right decisions at the right time. Yeah. I mean, you can play it and make a. Uh, you can pass the ball and still make a mess of it. Uh, you can run with it and still make a mess of it. Yeah. But Man United have wanted that player from midfield. Oh, what yeah. can mix it up? And he does mix it up. Yeah. He plays a great ball through between lines, and on top of that, he will run with it when he thinks it's the right time to run with it. And also, Chong's footwork, pass, and vision to set up young um, Mason Greenwood. For the uh, for the fifth goal, Sublime. we've got some great young lads coming through, you know. Yeah, they either. have. Yeah, you know. I said to you about two months ago, yeah, and, I, and I wrote on the, you know, mm. you, look, he didn't do well at Cardiff, but Brian Clough didn't do well at Brighton. Yeah, you know, this Joe's Marino didn't do over great at Man United. He'd done all right, and he won a uh, you know a cup winners cup. Mm. But he didn't do good enough not to be sacked. So they all, it, it happens to them all. And they've got, to, I mean, he's got to come in, clear out who he wants out, and get the right balance into the team. And he's, what he's done, he's gone what Ferg, he's gone down the the, the 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 line what Ferguson went down. And no doubt, make no mistake, uh, he'll listen. He'll listen to Ferguson, uh, and he'll uh, he'll go down that route, and that's what the route is heading down. He certainly is, and I I think United, come next season, if we do have a next season, I think we'll um, 
will be a team to watch because I think that that he is building it nicely. You're right, he is sorting out the the, the deadwood. He'll get rid of them. He's moved a few, and he seems to be buying players as players at the right age. I know that when he bought in Agallo, it was you know pretty much he needed a central striker. He needed a goal threat, so he's brought him in. Um, whether he will be there for the long term remains to be seen. But there's a lot of younger players that he's building. The, uh, the new Manchester United around. Topic of the week, TC. Should we finish the existing football yes. season? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It has to... It has to... Yeah. Listen, forget football. Yeah. Life has to go on. Yep. Right? You know, let me tell you what will happen. Football will carry on. Yep. Because forget us. You know, in Europe, they, once they think they've got over it, they'll start football straight away. Yeah. There's only us. What's when the smoking ban? I mean, I've never smoked in my life. Not even tried one. Yeah. But when the smoking ban came in, right? You went. You went abroad. They were still smoking. Yeah. Right in England, it just completely stopped. Yeah. You know. So football will carry on, and it will be played next season, and they will finish this season out. Because anybody tells me mm-hmm. they will finish this season out, as listen, people have got to start back at work. Yeah. They have to start back at work, right? Football is a big business. Forget the players. Forget the players one little bit. Mm. The football itself, right, is a massive, massive business for the right people. And I mean the right people. And when they say they get the go-ahead, make no mistake, that's when they'll come back and they'll start playing. And rightly so, because Liverpool, regardless of what anybody says, uh, the 19 points clear, yeah, you can give it to them or you can, you can cancel it. That's the wrong thing to do is to cancel it. Yeah. You know, it's a virus. It's not. It's not going to kill the world. Regardless of what anybody says, it's not going to kill the world. Mm. You know. So for me, yes, uh, I know we still have to be cautious on on, on things, but at the same time, it, it's got to be played for everyone concerned, for relegation, for, for promotion, for throughout the football league. And what's going to happen to these little clubs? I see Barnet straight away struggling like mad. Yeah. You know, uh, so other clubs are going to fall by the wayside unless they get helped by the Premier League or whoever's going to help them. So, yes, it will start. There's jobs at stake here, you know. Mm. So, regardless of what anybody says, all sport, because if football don't come, then golf's finished, yeah. rugby's finished, horse racing's finished. So, what, what what's, what's people going to do for uh, entertainment and pleasure? Well, you know, I'm... so. Yeah, if you look at Facebook, singing on a sofa and acting like a choir, that that ain't gonna take off, is it? To be truthful, you know. So the good thing is that if football finishes, like some people want about it, which I, you know, that's the political correct. Yeah. But pubs have got to close. So why supermarkets open? Yeah. People are gonna listen. I've been in supermarket today. I went to get some soap. Not even thinking about you know. There's nothing on shelves, and I'm thinking to myself, what they're gonna do if there's a power cut? Yeah. And they keep stocking the fridges up, you know, freezers up, mm. you know, because all can happen, you know, anything can happen. It's, yeah. it's, what's happened at the moment in time, there's been far too much scaremongering with it, but you have to be cautious of it. Yep. I do not, I do get that bit. I mean, what's your opinion on it? Do you think they should play it? I posted up on Facebook as soon as it was stopped. 100% my opinion, 100% the football season has to be finished and it has to be finished for the integrity of the, of the league game. and yeah. for the players and for the fans. And and the game 
as a whole. I don't see that you can play 20 plus games that, that we've all played and, and, and certainly um, there's 38 games in the Premier League and I think there's about 11 left, isn't there? And a similar amount in the Championship and League 1 and League 2 and Conference National League, whatever. So, you know, it's not as though you've got a ridiculous amount of games to fit in. So, you know, it's it is feasible that when we do get back onto the uh, on, onto the pitch, that we could play a couple of games a week. Could even play three games a week. The clubs yeah. have got enough players these days. They've all got squads of twenty five. Not like in your day where you carried smaller squads. So yeah. the, the football clubs are you know are catered for really to be fair in terms of player numbers. I mean, if I'm honest, I, I think we have on. Similar lines mean you on nearly everything. Like yeah. What we do, I'm not saying we we are right. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. What I'm trying to say uh, is, we do look. I seem to agree on lots of things. Like mm. even though we support a Sheffield Wednesday and yeah. a Birmingham, you know, if Wolverhampton come down there and beat Birmingham at St Andrews and outplay him, you're the first to turn around and say, "What a great performance that is!" Not yeah. like some other people. What what I criticise you are or the team, or what, everything else. And they're right, they're entitled to criticise the team, they're in the tight, entitled to go and uh, to spend the money to to, to have a go at the team if they're not playing particularly well. Mm-hmm. But we do agree, or seem to agree on lots of things, or similar things, uh, on what's what. But look, it has to be finished. Things have to get back as quick as possible without taking risks to yeah. the elderly people. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think it was the right the correct decision to uh, move the Euros to next season. Because I think if they tried to get the Euros in in June, I don't honestly think there's any practical way that they could have. And it would get in the way of the football season. And when I looked at 1963, you know, back in those, we had the worst winter on record and we stopped playing football from mid-December to mid-March. So we had three months without playing any football and we still finished that season. But what you're forgetting, uh, Gabby, yeah, right, is health and safety now. But that's very true. That's very true. You know, listen, uh, it wouldn't have meant any difference 30, 40 years ago. Now, you know, now with this virus out, if you sneeze, you know, uh, you've got to be isolated. So I I get where you're coming from, but you're 100% right. It has to be finished. And you're right. It did did knock it out for three, two, three, four months, whatever it was. Uh, And you're right about... The Euros have to be played now uh, next season, right, at, at the earliest. Yes. Uh, because of the clubs have got to come first. It's yes. clubs what pay the players' wages, you know, and this title, it's this titles to be won and lost yeah, still. Absolutely. You can say the Premier League's won, you know, but there's, uh, the Champions League, there's promotion, there's uh, playoffs, there's, there's hundreds and thousands and millions and maybe billions of pounds to yeah. be won and lost. Uh, through football uh, till the end of the season. So, yes, it has to go on, regardless of what the politically correct uh, say, because they always seem to win and everything else. But I'm not going to agree with them and I'm not going to bow down to them. It has to go on and it has to finish and it, you know, for the integrity of the game itself. Absolutely. Five of the best wingers, TC, from the 80s. What have you uh, picked for us? Right. Uh, well, obviously... I'm going to leave Laurie Cunningham out because of uh, 
you know, not playing long enough, even though, you know, he, he was a great player. Yeah. Uh, and he went to Spain and obviously um, he got killed out in Spain, mm-hmm. you know, in a car crash. So I'm going to pick, uh, the, the five I've picked is uh, John Robertson. Yep. Kevin Sheedy. Yep. Peter Barnes. Yeah. Right? I mean, is that now? That's three. Uh, have I mentioned John Barnes? No, you haven't. That's another Barnes. John Barnes. Right. And there's plenty more I can I, I, I can uh, throw in at that. But I'm going to throw myself in. And not because I'm a big head. I've never been a big head. My problem is I went and played for Sheffield when they came out at first division. And yeah. when I, I, I just started to play ripping the trees up at Southampton. Uh, and in one sense, it was a bad move for my career. But it was a team who I supported. And I know I scored goals and I met goals. So, and wherever I went to, wherever I played at, uh, when I was playing at my best, not towards the end of my career, but, you know, from 2020 20, 20 right through to 28, I ended up getting an injury there. You know, I was scoring goals, uh, making goals. Uh, and I was loved by a lot of the fans throughout the, up and down the country. And I'm not, like I say, I'm not doing it because I'm a big head, because there is some great wingers, you know, what I've left out, but I know I was among the best in the country. Steve Coppel and all these, you know, but I look at Stevie Coppel was an up and down winger, not someone like Peter Barnes who could pass someone or John Barnes or the John Robertson, you know. So uh, I'm putting myself among that and some people look at it and think, well, is it being a big head? No, I'm not. I, I do believe in myself and I believed I was one of the best in the country. I also believe that had you stayed fit at Forest, I don't, oh. think, I don't think Cloughy would have signed Trevor Francis. Well, if 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 I'm on it, I mean I've got clips of papers where Cluffy, what about Gordon Hill, another great winger, yeah. Gordon Hill and Stevie Coppel, and, and he said they were um, grabbing all the red lines, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. He said, but if coming into being in United's team, so I was playing for Forest. He said, if I'd have been playing for Manchester United, my my name would have been in bright lights. And when you look at oh, when you look at the managers, what bought me? Yeah, right. Were the top five? Ron Atkinson tried to sign me. Mm-hmm. Arsenal, the manager at Arsenal at the time tried to sign me. You know, so the, all the top managers in the country yeah. bought me or tried to buy me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, if I would have got injured at Forest, I just got picked for the under-23s. I was still only 21 then. So, uh, you know, things happen in life and, you you know, you have to get on with it. Would I, have, would I or wouldn't I have? You know, it's an hypothetical question, but at the end of the day, I do put myself among the best in the country uh, any time I, when, I, when I had a play, because on top of that, I mean, Barnes were quick uh, and Peter Barnes were quick, you know, but they weren't, they weren't a quicker player in football than me at my, at, at, when I was playing football. Do you also think as well, because back in the 80s, it was... We were almost playing. The, I know we've mentioned a few wingers there. Some of them was, you know, towards the late seventies and early eighties. We had a bit of a transitional period where we tended to play with more um, wide midfield players than natural wingers, didn't we? And where I'm, where I'm coming from here is, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. With, with you, if you're looking at the modern game and how we're set up these days. With with a, a central striker and and two inside forwards, one's the left, one's the right. Oh, yeah, if you look at England, Harry Kane, Rashford, and, and Sterling, that's how England set up. 
I would argue that playing in the modern game now, it would be more conducive to your abilities and skills than what it was back then. Well, when I was a kid, yeah, uh, I played as an inside forward striker. Yeah. Not as a centre forward. This is when we argue with Jack, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and before I became a professional footballer, I mean, I played in first year when I went up to the middle school. So for, at 12... 13, 12, 13, 14, 15. So when I was 12, I played in all the years, right, from 13, 14, 15 yeah. at school. Mm-hmm. Scored in goals for fun. 12 goals I scored in one game. Yeah. You know, and then when I went to Doncaster, the, obviously they got Peter Kitchen and, and Mickey Elwis as, as strikers. Uh, they sold Mickey Elwis up to Preston and then we got big Brendan O'Callaghan. So uh, they used them as the... Um, strikers and put me out wide i mean cluffy said to me he said you know something he said you're going to find people playing through the middle because yeah. he was going to he's going to play me through the middle because i kept saying to him i want to you know you want to try me through the middle i will get your goals you know but it, me and robert were ripping people ripping people apart yeah. so when I, when I, somebody got injured and i had to go and play up front at sheffield wednesday and when i started to do well i mean i scored 23 goals that season yeah uh, and none of them were penalties but Jack, uh, Jack said to me, you're not a centre-forward. You know, I said, no, Jack, I'm not a centre-forward. I'm no good if you're going to get your defenders and midfield players to hit 30, 40 yards for me to try and flick on. That's not my game. Yeah. I remember Bob Wilson were turning around and saying, what a great player I was, but I'm not as effective with my back towards, uh, with my back towards goals. Yeah. Why would you want your back towards goals? Yeah. You know, I used to say to people, why do I want my back towards goals? Mm. I need to be facing the way uh, I need to be going because that's where we're going to score. Yeah. I mean, I could t- I could get the older ball up, but make no mistake, I could hold the ball up. Mm. But the way I the way our a lot of teams played in those days, uh, it was just a, a long ball up to the strikers and a flick on, and then your your other in- your other striker chasing it on. Yeah. Now Ramsey started to do away with wingers, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he did. It yeah. started. I thought. I thought that's what you were going to say. But, yeah. but it was Ramsey what started to do away with wingers. And you're right. What yeah. happened then? It was uh, out uh, midfield players playing outside right. Why did Why did they do that? For one reason and one reason only. The ones what were petrified when I said petrified, or the ones what were scared to lose three four nil, right? Had wingers or wide men what would come and tuck in and made it difficult yep. to play football. I mean, they keep telling me football's changed. Look at the ones what's played football throughout the years. So, uh, 70s, uh, late 70s, and I'll go through early team. Early 70s, Legion United. Late, late 60s, 70s, Legion United. Lorimer and, uh, and, and Eddie Gray, fantastic wide men. Yeah. Right? Chelsea had uh, Charlie Cook, Peter... Uh, Oosters, is it Houseman? Houseman, yeah. Houseman, uh, left winger. Arsenal, George, uh, George uh, Armstrong. The other one will come to me in a bit. You know, so Man United have always had best and Willie Morgan. Um, and then Forrest had Robbo, uh, had myself and then Martin O'Neill. And then uh, Liverpool always played football. And they've always gone on to win things. Yeah. The teams have played the long direct ball and channel ball have never won anything real. I think uh, under Wilkinson, but it was a mixture of long ball and when they won, they were the last uh, 
he was the last English manager to win uh, the old first division, didn't he? Yeah. You know, uh, but the ones what played football and uh, and played with width, because that's what happens now. Only what's happening to play with three strikers, but the Guardiola's of this world and your Klopp's play width and the pull. You know, good, intelligent, uh, quick forward. They're not all. They're not really. They're wingers when you look at them. Firmino, uh, or when I say look at him, no, the footballers, intelligent footballers, mm -hmm. what you should be playing through middle because they'll all get your goals, right? But what they are, what they, what, what Klopp and Guardiola's done with these uh, uh, Sani and Mani and all these, they've the, not met them, but they've got them to stretch the, the opposition teams. And that's what first did, and that's what Liverpool did, and Man United did under Ferguson. All the teams what play football yeah. and play football that way win all the major trophies throughout Europe, barring Italy. And that's more of a d defensive game than anything else. 100%. My, uh, my five wingers of the, uh, of the 80s. I've got to mention a lad who I used to love to watch play. I thought he's a really skillful player. And he did quite a bit in the, uh, in the, in the 70s and towards the 80s then. Probably petered off a little bit. And that's been Soler. Yeah. Crystal Palace. Great player. Like, great player. It's very skillful player. And yeah. I, li I like to when we say five of the best. I mean, it doesn't have to be no. the, the best. It's you know five of those players that you remember, and sometimes picking one out that that people don't remember. But on his day, Vince Lair was as good as anything Brilliant. in the league, wasn't it, he? Great skillful player. Yeah. And I'm not saying he would. I'm not saying he would have. Uh, he was scared because in our days, I tell you, they wanted us to be set in dressing rooms. Yeah. You know, Jack would turn around and say, uh, "Say, I mean, we didn't play against Peter Barnes." Pluffy never said it, but McManey would turn around and say to uh, Ivan Golak or David Peach, "Rattle him." Yeah. And see how scared he is. Or he'd turn around and say, "He's fine to death if you kick him." Yeah. You know, Vince Lair was a really, really technical, gifted player. Yeah. But he was a bit lightweight. Because yeah. uh, nowadays, it, a lot of it was kick. Yeah. And brutal, brutal kicking. Yeah. And a lot of teams did play with a long ball. But under under uh, Terry Venables at Crystal Palace, he built up a great team with Venables. A, a, good, a, a good young team. Yeah. Uh, what won the... Um, old second division so he's one of those players what you know was a technical and, and, and a very a lot of fans love to watch him play yeah he was he was a fan's favourite he was one that would get you well we didn't have seats in them days we all stood on the on the terraces Tony Morley another, oh, another player, great player yeah that, that, that doesn't really get the recognition but again Terry Cochran yeah you he know? was a good player wasn't he Cochran yeah, yeah. I mean we, we did have some really good Cochran. players Coming to me, had the little winger at um, Aston Villa, Graydon. Ray Graydon, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played in he played into eighties, and I, I'll tell you something else. I know we keep playing eighties, but I'll tell you another one who was a great little winger. Go on, yeah. I mean, the knocking moment in time at the PFA, but Gordon Taylor was yeah, a great little, little winger. Yeah, yeah, played for you a lot at Birmingham. Yeah, yes, again, pretty much um, a seventies uh, player. Gordon Taylor. It's a pity that they've they've got rid of uh, wingers in one sense, isn't it? But and sorry for interrupting you. Yeah, so, I, I think that I think seeing a winger beat his fullback is one of the most I exciting. Think one, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you get other players. You know, football's great when you see players taking players on and making things happen and passing them balls, as you say, between the lines and splitting defenses. But I think seeing a winger. Going past his marker and banging that baller, ball. or cutting in—it's it's so exciting, isn't it? 
Yeah, cause I, and I'll tell you what I, what we used to when we were kids, you know, because I used to play on the left wing, I was just left-footed, my right foot was for standing on, but we used to get switched over as well, and it's always surprised me in the professional game when you've got a couple of wingers, why you don't give another 20, 20 minutes, switch him over, and let let the let the left winger go on the right and cutting in onto his better foot yeah. and, and so on, and it, it gives full-back something else to, to think, think about. about. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. You don't see that much in the programme. To see people, to see people run with the ball, yeah. right? And it's great to see midfield players run with it. Yeah, absolutely. But when you see, but when you see a winger do it, yeah, you, all the fans seem well. In our day, mm. uh, the fans would uh, stand even more so, wouldn't they? Yeah. Everybody, even the ones who were in the seats, would stand. Definitely. And the atmosphere when that when a winger got the ball and the cheer, it, it made that player want to do something when he maybe should have passed it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. John Robertson, for me, one of the most fantastic Ooh. British footballers ever. I used to love to watch Robbo. And again, in them, them Alcyon days of Forest winning the league and then the European Cup twice. Well, if you'd have watched him train, yeah. right? Look at, look at him as a person and a lovely, lovely lad. Love, yeah. Educated kid, you know, Robbo. Lovely, lovely kid. Wouldn't hurt anybody. Loved the laugh, loved Brian Ferry, got a good voice, good singer. If you saw him, right, with his clothes used to hang over him, yeah. he'd have a cig in his mouth, right, a, a smile on his face, and you would think he's never a footballer. Yeah. As soon as he got changed and put that kit on, you know, it was it were magic. It were, and it weren't quick. It weren't as though it, it weren't as though he ran past people. He just got it, dropped his shoulder. And he put the he put well not only put the right ball in he put yeah. a great ball in you know and if it if it weren't the right ball to go in he wouldn't put it in so what a player what a player yeah I think absolutely top draw I, I I'm I would say in my lifetime the best left winger that that I've seen play play football John Barnes I think you're right John Barnes again the kid had absolutely everything and another player that could play wide. He got pace. He could play down the middle as well. He, you know, he, he were a tremendous football player and, you know, done brilliant things at Watford and I think got to the um, cup final against you. Like, can you remember it? Yeah, yeah. Can you remember his, his uh, right-wing partner? For Watford? Yeah. For Watford, he's right-wing. No, I can't. Callaghan. Sorry? Callaghan. Oh yeah, it was that. Oh, can, yeah, can, you yeah, can you remember? Yeah, him? can Kev, Kevin Kevin O'Callaghan won it. Yeah, yeah. Quite a quite a tall lad. If I, my yeah. memory serves me right. Yeah. No, he wasn't tall. It was a little. What is that? About my size, maybe okay. a little bit smaller than me. But yeah, uh, they, I he, he remember. They had, he, he, had, he, he was on right and Baz was mm. on left. And again, Chrissy Waddle was a, was another player that that used to play kind of like wide, but again could come inside. Another yeah, great, another great, great player, player Chrissy Waddle. But um, yeah, and and also not the fact that you're my pal, but I would also put you in one of the five best well, I wingers would, I would of the eighties. I, I would have spoke to you if you were to put me in. <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't. I've, I've always maintained that it's the same as Udi as well. You know, with with Udi, you could put Hudson in any team in the world. And he wouldn't look out of place. And you're in that same category. You could have played for any team in the world and you wouldn't have looked out of place in that side. 
Listen, and I'm, I'm not name dropping. You know, Jimmy Greaves came yeah. to me one day. You know, and he wrote an article on Jimmy Greaves, and he said to me, "What a player you are." Yeah. Uh, George Best. You know, every, all these players I played against. Mm-hmm. You know, come to me and said to me, "You know, what a player you are." You know, and it, I always look at it, when I look at it now, I think to myself, you know, what an honour that was when these players were saying that to me. Yeah. You know, because I mean, I, I am. I come from a family of eight boys from a council state, you know, and it, I used to be embarrassed because why, on a football pitch, Gabby, I, I was arrogant. When yeah. I say arrogant, not arrogant to, to you know, I, I can't describe it. It's but your stuff. Yeah. I, when, when I got the ball, yeah. I was going to take the piss out of you. Yeah. I'm playing against you. And by I'd, I'd do that against my dad. I'd do that against my sons if I would if I were playing. Yeah. But when I play when I play snook and pool with them, I, I don't let them win. I have to win. Yeah. And what that's what I mean by arrogance. But off the football field, right? If I'm with lads, I'd have a laugh. Yeah. But when other people come to me, I was shy. Because what people say, I was shy. Yeah. You know, because I I used to think to myself, I'm just one of your lads. Just you know, but people look at me like I was like a god to some people. Yeah. You know. You were. Yeah. And you just say, look, I'm, I'm just saying for sure. Come mm. here, you know, I'll sign it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And But I used to feel embarrassed about it. So uh, I had that belief in my own ability. You know, I mean, what what other, I know, because I played at Forest with Cluffy and all them were petrified of him. Yeah. Right? And when he tapped me up for six months and he said to me, uh, sign here, young man. Uh, and I said to him, I'm signing nowhere. <laughs> unless you, t- this is Gabby, this is Jock Deathbed. Yeah. I said, I'm signing nowhere. I said, am I playing on Saturday? Right? I went down on the Wednesday. Right? I think I've told you before, they yeah. were playing Rotherham in this league, yeah, cup, yeah. milk, cup, whatever it was. And he was either 5 nil or 5-1. I think it was 5-0, but it was one or the other. And I said to him, I said, I'm not signing for, I'm not signing here if I'm not if I don't if I'm not playing on Saturday. But that's how I were. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh the, the Rotherham in League Cup, 5-0. And he took me straight into the dressing room after the match, right? Because uh, I was sat in the director's box, he didn't go into the dressing room. He came as as I'm coming down from there, he was coming up, took me into the dressing room, took me straight over to Martin O'Neill. He said, "Young man, I've just signed this player. He's better than you, and he's going to play on Saturday." <laughs> right? We got beat by Notts County one 0 <laughs> You know, after the game, I felt embarrassed. <laughs> I was so embarrassed, you know. But uh, that's how I work. When I was on the football field, yeah. I got this confidence in myself. Not. Not only can be in a big head, but the confidence yeah. to, to beat anybody, to yeah. beat anybody. You know, I remember when I was at Everton and we were going to Man United, and let's all, not, that's not the right word to say, and I don't, please excuse me when I say they shitting themselves, or frightened, yeah. right, and I turned around and said, I'll beat these. Mm. And, and, you know, I, I, Man United is my second team. I do like Man United because of George Best. Yeah. But if I'm playing against Man United, if I played against Sheffield Wednesday, and they were champions. I said, well, so what? Let's go beat them. Yeah. Let's just be the first to beat them. But that was me. I mean, it's not always like that in life, is it? You're not going to win. You're not going to, probably not going to beat them. But that's how I, that's how I thought. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I believed in. And I think that every time that you put a pair of boots on, you've got to believe that you're the best and you're going to win or it's pointless taking the field of play, in my opinion. It, Gabby, without doubt, you have to have the, the belief in your own ability. If you don't, you've got a problem before you start. I knew I was going to play every week, right? 
Yeah. When I got injured at Forest, it was absolutely a different kettle of fish. Mm. But I knew I was going to play at Southampton. I knew I was going to play at Sheffield. When I, wherever I went, by yeah. the two clubs when I got injured, I always played. Yeah. Right. And even them two, I never played. I haven't played many reserve games in my life. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I, I never went into dressing room. I never went into dressing room until about quarter three, half the time. But I never went down there and got ready like some of them did. And I've seen some players put the kits on, get ready, and then the manager come in and turn around and say, uh, you're not playing. Now you're going to say, well, how do you know that? way?" Well, when I come back down, they were in showers, having a shower. And I'd say to them, what's happened? He just said, I weren't playing. Mm. You know, so, but there were some players, what would do it? You know, and then some manager tell them they're not playing and, it must well. It, well, it's it, this an, it's embarrassment for the players. What were playing near mind, the ones what he left, what they uh, didn't play or le- left out. So I got that arrogance about me, but it weren't an arrogance. But I, you know, I didn't think I was better than anybody else. But I didn't. I always believed that we could beat anybody else. Absolutely. You have referenced Sheffield Wednesday, a feature that we do do on the podcast is behind the lens. And we're going to look at the uh, photograph that was taken of you in the Sheffield Wednesday club shop. What was the story Christmas behind time. that? Oh, was Christmas time. Christmas time, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, even that, when I think about... These players make fortunes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely fortunes with the uh, rights of it all. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it would always me what I'd do, do, these, do these things. And I, I said... Why is it always me? You know, and Jack says, because that's who they want to see. Yeah. Right? So in in the club shop, and it was only a small little club shop, right? If I was in there when they were serving, when they were, they'd announce that, you know, we've got a new kit, new shirt, but that was Christmas time, that. Yeah. So they would all the Christmas gear, what were out, you know, there'd be cups and photo frames and all that and pyjamas and nighties and all sorts of uh, things. So, I had to go in there and uh, advertise them. You know, didn't get paid for it, yeah. any more money, but, you know, that's what that was all about. And I did it at Huddersfield, I did it at Everton, whatever I was, I had to do all them, me. And while we're talking about things that you did off the pitch as well as on the pitch... I can't, I cannot talk about what I did off the pitch. <laughs> but I, I, what I can It's say, all in the book, it's all in I the can, book. Listen, I can, I, what I can honestly say, it had nothing to do with drink. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Singing the blues. How did you actually get that gig? How did it come about? Right, a guy called Alan Wood. Yeah. Who used to be bass player in um, Jimmy James and the Vagabonds. Right. Okay. Right. He's a big Sheffield Wednesday fan. Right. And uh, he said to me, he said, because uh, he was good at games, obviously, and I get him tickets to come into players' lounge and whatever. Yeah. And he said to me, Timmy. We ought to do a record. And I said to him, I can't sing. <laughs> he said, don't worry about that. Well, you know, we've got magic in the studios. And magic? I said, then you'll need, you'll need more than magic with, with my voice. So uh, he said, I said, I'm not. You know, but everything, I mean, we were getting 20 odd thousand, 30, 30 odd yeah. thousand, you know, uh, and, and it were all Terry Curran started a fan club. It was Terry Curran this and Terry Curran that and Terry Curran other. He said, look, it was after the uh, Boxing Day Massacre. Yeah. And he said, uh, well, what we'll do, if, 
if if we do it, and I want you to do it, he said, but I want you to put the Wednesday win United lose. And don't forget in those days, there was a lot of violence about in football. Yeah. Anyway, I let me talk me into it, but I said to him, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put that in because, you know, uh, everything, what would happen in that moment in time in football, there were, you know, it was horrendous. You know, they finished up with uh, all the fencing round and yeah. all the writing, what were going off in those days. And it, it weren't now... Nice. So you go to you go to some grounds and your your windows are get smashed in the bus windows and you know. Yeah. So if you finished up doing it, uh, but I said I won't go in. I wouldn't do. I would not do uh, Wednesday when United lose. Not because United. It was because of, it was because of the the violence of it, yeah. and I didn't want to be. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Participating. Uh, yeah, participating. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, you know. Um, but I finished up doing the record, and we went to um, Hull, from studios in Hull, yeah. uh, with the club photographer then, Steve Ellis. I think he's still there now, Steve Ellis. Um, and we spent all their brilliant days at Ams. Absolutely, we had a brilliant day, you know. Um, and then they got to do a B-side, and do a discussion between them, uh, Alan Wood and the producer and everybody else what were in the uh, studio they said uh, well we'll t- t- to keep it cheap yeah right and not an expensive record we'll just do a wednesday chant yeah so we've got to get some more people right so we went outside uh, you know and obviously everyone were coming past as lads not us but lads yeah you know because obviously in them days we're looking for lads uh <clears throat> hey lads we what they call it we come in here and uh we're doing a we're doing a football song, but we need some fans chanting on it. So we we got some people off the street. Now this is this is how bent life is. When that when when that was done, yeah. After we'd finished, uh, he said, "Right, we're going to get this into charts." So that you mean you're going to into charts? And this is how it how they, how they did things in our day. So they've done it with Gaza and they've done it with um, Chrissy Waddle. A noddle, right? And this is how he said, right, this is what we're going to do. But I said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. You know, just sell it in club shop. Because that's, that's when I agreed to it, I, I told you I used to be embarrassed with things. Yeah. But he said, no, what I want to do is uh, we're going to send a busload to Leicester, one to Liverpool, obviously one to London, one to Newcastle, one to Ma- Manchester, busloads. Uh, they would give them the money to buy the record. Yeah. It just shows you how they cheat things, isn't it? Yeah, they don't know. Yeah. You know, and I thought to myself, you know, but, and it's true, Gabby, I said, no, 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 I'm not doing that. We'll just, and, and that's why we didn't do that. But, you know, Gaza and, and Chrissy Waddle, because when I see football songs now, or then, after me, I thought to myself, when it got into charts, I know how you've done this, you know, but it just shows you what they do to get round certain things, to make certain people popular with certain things yeah. in life. And that's what they wanted to do. And that's how they, they would, that's how they got it in the charts uh, in those days. Whoever it was breaking through, I would imagine as singers, when they really want to push someone, that's what that, that's what they did in those days. Yeah, I think and that's how it was done, you know. There's, so, there, but that's how, it, that's how it came about. There, about. there was a number of... Um... Certainly, half decent football songs, wasn't there in them days? I remember Nottingham Forest. We got the old world in our hands. Yeah, we... the best two. The best two I like is uh, 
Blue is the Colour Chelsea. Yeah, great song. And 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 I and I did like both lead songs. Yes, yeah. I liked yeah. them both. I thought they both were great songs. Yeah. But I mean, there's been some horrible football songs. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Ali's army who were hugging the Argentine? <laughs> <laughs> Going to shake them up when yeah. we win the World Cup? I thought, yeah, of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's been a couple of good English songs, and all I should say. Yeah, what's your favourite English football song? I liked Back Home. That was, I thought that was a good one. Still, that was, it weren't bad. What was that one with uh, Alan? Alan, Vindaloo. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that, yeah. Not, you know, but just for the laugh. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I thought, that, like I said, I thought the Chelsea and the Leeds ones were good songs. I thought that were, you know, I thought they were catchy songs then. Yeah. Uh, the, the Chelsea and the Leeds one, but the one for the laugh, you know, uh, was the um, that Vindaloo one. Yeah, and I thought that was a decent song with the um, the West Brom guy. Yeah, Canadian, yeah, yeah, it? yeah. Um, three lions. Yeah, three lions on it's coming home. Yeah, coming home. Tremendous, and also I think World in Motion, New Order. I yeah, yeah, that was yes, a, yeah. that, that was possibly my favourite. Thinking about it, football song. I think it it had got everything. It wasn't just a football song. It was it was a it was proper like proper song, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's been one or two decent ones, but there's been some absolutely owls. And I must admit, mine weren't the best one. And in fact, in fact, somebody paid eighteen hundred pounds to get it blown up on Radio Sheffield for a charity <laughs> deal. <laughs> We've got quite a Sheffield Wednesday thread running through this uh, podcast. Um... Uh, this week history vault let's just reminisce and go down memory lane a little bit and talk about big ron it was his 81st birthday today oh happy birthday i'm glad you said that i'll put i'll put uh i wish him happy down our football uh website yeah ronald frederick atkinson who started his football career as a youth at uh, wolves um, went to the Villa, didn't play uh, in a competitive game for for Villa, but um, played over th- well 384 games and scoring 14 goals for uh, Oxford United. Still their all-time record uh, appearance player, and his brother all-time still all-time top goal scorer for uh, Oxford United. So his brother played Oxford at the same time. Yeah, Graham did. Yeah, yeah. He tried to sign me when he was Manchester United yeah, uh, manager, yeah. big Rom. Uh, the first signing after Graham because obviously Arsenal came in and uh, it had caused pushed the transfer fee up and, and yeah. Ron just told him to shoot up the backside and finish up signing uh, Arthur Graham. But uh, great guy, and I was just talking to someone on on on, on my wall about what about uh, keep going back to Boxing Day, you know look where you are now come and I, and I said to him you're right yeah. I said but you, thank yourself for your lucky stars that you've got a good manager in Wilder so we haven't had a good manager since Ron Atkinson yeah. so he, he's been our last he, he's been our best manager for the last what 30 years maybe 35 years in but again, it's like, you know, because that's where he really cut his cloth, didn't he, in, in management, Ron. And I think that you could argue, in again, in my lifetime, you can only look at your lifetime, arguably one of the best managers at West Bromwich Albion in my time. That team, what he put together yeah. at um, West Brom. Great team, wasn't it? I mean, there was, there was someone looking not to win league yeah. that year. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've got Peter Barnes, uh, Cyril Regis, 
you know, uh, Brian Robson, Batson. They've got a great team. Yeah, Willie Johnson. Owen. Yeah. You know, fantastic, fantastic team. I mean, Man United, they were unlucky not to win the league there. Yeah. And he, he won the FA. If he wins the league, maybe run out, well, maybe uh, Ferguson wouldn't have got the job. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, so everything f- fell into place for Ferguson, yes, turned out to be one of the, well, the, maybe the great, the greatest British manager of all time with the records that he's broken and played some great football. But when you look at him, if if Ron, doesn't, uh, if Ron wins the league, he doesn't get the job. And if Mark Robbins doesn't score that goal at Forest in yeah. the FA Cup, it probably, I mean, it's hypothetical because yeah. some say he would have got the sack. Some say, you know, I mean, the Germans said he wouldn't have, but you just don't know, dear. Do you? No, you, you know, it was under a lot, a lot of pressure at that moment in time because obviously uh, it were giving me to people like uh, Paul McGrath. I mean, when you look at Paul McGrath, one of the greatest centre backs uh, in the British history, if he wouldn't have got injured. We, we, we wouldn't have had bad knees like he had, you know, but there were a drinking culture at Manchester United. And when I say drinking culture, Norman Whiteside, I mean, I know because my mate Reedy was another one what could drink and used to go out with him. And, uh, you know, we, we, I'd go some, I'd go to some of them, yeah. not all of them. And like I say, I'm not a drinker, but you know, they, they drank pint after pint after pint and three drinks and two drinks with some of them. And it gone, a pint had gone, <laughs> you know, how, how they went training, some of them, I will never know. <laughs> but some of them couldn't do it. Some yeah. of them, I mean, my mate Bales, well, it was just like a top-up to Bales, you know. But he couldn't train. He'd drink and drink and drink, couldn't train. But Robbo and them would go out training. Yeah. You know, so that that was different. But going back to Ron, you know, uh, he's had a great career, absolutely fabulous career, but he's just a bit unlucky at West Brom with where they should have won or could have won the league, and same at Man United, but he's had a fantastic career as a manager. And, and for my club, Sheffield Wednesday, he's the last manager to 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 win a trophy for that uh, club. And ironically, it was against Manchester United. So, yeah. was it 1992? So, you know, great for him to beat Man United, but it was great for me because obviously uh, Sheffield Wednesday winning a trophy. Yeah. You know, was disappointed when he left. But I under, I'll always, I will never knock anybody what goes and leaves a club uh, to go and play or manage if they support that team. Yeah. I would never knock anyone for that ever. No, I mean that was that's his club. It's always been his club, Aston Villa. And uh, and talking to Ron and, and interviewing him a few times and doing a, a, a new show with him, the uh, big Ron remembers. I would say one hundred percent the only the only club he would have left. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday for would have been Aston Villa, and that's that's in effect what happened. But got Villa to uh, second in the Premier League in the inaugural yep. season as well. And there's only Keegan as an English manager that's done that. And Big Ron's the only English manager to win uh, the League Cup and the FA Cup with three different teams and all involving Manchester United. Well, like I, like I said, like I said, look, when you look at West Brom, yeah. I'm just missed out with a whisker. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. finished second. Yeah. Man United finished second. Yeah. And Villa finished second. Yeah. So he's had a great record yeah. without just having the finishing touch as such, you know. But I'd still be proud of it. If I was a manager, I'd still be proud of the record I've, I achieved. Like If I'd been him, I'd still be proud of the record that he's achieved. Oh, 100%. 
and uh, and 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 Forrest, I, I remember when I interviewed him for his seventy fifth birthday, and I said they were in a bit of a predicament, weren't they, Ron, when you joined? Yeah. And he said, "Bit of a predicament. Let me tell you, the Titanic had more chance to stay up." <laughs> Yeah. It, 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 it was brilliant at all like that, you know. When, I mean, can you remember when he uh, when he beat, beat came Nottingham Forest manager? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came out. He yeah. went into the business just uh, in the uh, dugout. dugout. That was that, <laughs> but that was Cluffy's fault. That was that was Cluffy's fault because Why? when he was manager of West Brom, um, or or any team that went to the city ground, the only dugout that was there. On the halfway line was Brian's. The others were back down by the corner flag or wherever they wanted to put you. So Ron told me, Peter Taylor and Cloughy, when they'd meet and like, you know, in the, the, the tunnel of the come out, and Peter Taylor would always say to uh, to Big Ron, hey, big man, what was your view like down there? And he said, I'd probably get a better view sitting in the middle of the Trent than where you put that dugout. So when they played West Bromwich Albion and they were having the stand developed and they hadn't, they got these dugouts that you could just pick up and move. He says to the groundsman, go and find the biggest load of dirt with the tyre tracks on it. You go and put that dugout down there and nail it down because them two will pick it up and they'll move it. So with all the history that, that they had there, when, when he got the job at Forest, he, he, you know, he'd moved in and he didn't really work with the players. So he, he turned up on the day, looked at that dugout, remembering that Cloughy's was the only dugout there on on the halfway line. And, and he went and sat down in it and then looked at the players and thought, hey, the bloody well, hell, we're in the bottom three. <laughs> when, I, when I played there, it's always, they've always been, where, where Cloughy's was, it was smack right. Yeah. Ideal for left and for right. Yeah. Whereas... The away team were just past the halfway line, mm. so so it was in that trent end. Yeah, uh, it won't be near the corner flag, but it was just at the trent end itself. Yeah, so you couldn't uh, shout to the uh, your, your old players in the opposition half. Yeah, going towards the uh, Bridgeford end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Cluffy was in an ideal position for for both areas, abs. I should say. Yeah. Whereas Ron, so uh, they weren't portable, tell Ron. So yeah, I'm, I'm telling you now, <laughs> tell me, so they weren't portable. But uh, it, it, it does, it can tell a good story, can Ron, and he makes it sound okay. uh, funny and all that. But, Carly uh, just, and in the comments, it, was, it, it wasn't, it was an advantage to, to, because they couldn't see the game right, I would say that. Yeah. So he's right there. And as a commentator as well, I thought he was the best commentator on, on the Brilliant. block. You know, some of, some of his, like, you know... I mean, what things, what, what thing what happened to him with that, you know, Ron Atkinson is no, one not all. little bit. No, not all. Not one little bit. Uh, what he said, it's, it's, he said, but first thing what came out of his mouth because he was angry and they made a mistake and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he had black players in his team. Of course he did. You know, but listen... They used to take the piss out of everybody then. Yeah. Them managers. McMen and me. Uh, Cluffy never did it, but McMen and me, uh, Ron, you know. But it, they did it with white players and with, with black players. Sometimes it, it would embarrass me when this, well, how they spoke to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But not in a, in a way where... It, but that's what life was all about then, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course it was. You it know, was a different Everything age. changes. Yeah. You know, in another 20 or 30 years' time, you won't be able to talk to people like you're talking to them now. So yeah. everything changes. So it weren't, 
he's got a knack. He's got a knack to gold as well, Atkinson. Yeah, out of gold. Absolute top man. TC, we're almost uh, towards the hour. I know that we've got no football forecast this week because we've got no games. I did notice that you commented about the Russian Premier League. Is that still <laughs> going? Because if it is, we need to get the forecast for next week and we'll we'll forecast the Russian uh, well, Premier League. By the way, the, the, them results I put on. Them results I put on. Yeah. They are still playing football in, in, in Russia. Yeah, we're going we're to have to find out who's playing next yeah. weekend. And then well, for well, well, next week's podcast, we'll do the uh, Russian Premier League and follow the Russians or follow well, any league that's playing football at the moment. Random question. Gardener's yes. World starting back this week. Um, are you a What's guy? What's that? What's that? <laughs> so you, you, I'm guessing then you're not a gardener. Let me... Let me put, not going to tell you, let me explain to you, because, you know, it's, that's poor English. Let me tell you. Let me explain to you. No, I'm not a gardener, but I, my gar- I've always had beautiful gardens. Yeah. Always. You know, I love to see a garden. There's nothing, when a, when a, uh, when a, uh, a lawn yeah. is cut and you've got your, your flower beds in it and everything else is yeah. beautiful. And the good thing about when I was playing football, I used to set it lads, uh, groundsmen, because I was popular with everybody, me. Yeah. I said to the groundsmen, give some of that. I said, this is so green, this is untrue. So the gardens I used to have yeah. in my houses, I used to get them, you know, and they, they said, can you get me some for home, like, you know, so I do like, I do like the garden. Have you got any favourite flower? The favourite flower... Not so amazing. Right? <laughs> Plain. <laughs> My favourite flower, right? Because it always has been since I was a king. Because there's a guy three or four doors away from from where from where uh, we lived. Yeah. He used to do roses and carnations. So carnations and the roses, you know. And he used to he used to sell them because the you know when pe- obviously when people got married. Yeah. And, and everybody, villagers, two little villagers from around where I, where I am, they used to come and buy them off him. Uh, so carnations and um, roses are my favourite ones. I love the smell of the carnations and the rambling rose, because the rambling rose, the, the wild rose, really is a more fragrant rose than most normal garden roses. But I look at I look at a garden, and, and you know, I love to see the lawn mowed and seeing the flower beds, but I also love to smell the flowers as well. And uh, I love the stocks. They're, 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 they're arguably my favourite flower. But if you're going to come on next week and ask me to pick flowers out, I haven't got a clue, <laughs> right? No, we're gonna. Your job is we've got to sort out the Russian <laughs> Premier League. <laughs> and, and, and what, what we're gonna do as well, because you're thirteen eleven, uh, thirteen ten, sorry, uh, ahead in the uh, the football forecast, and it's gonna be off for several weeks. I picked last week's record, so you pick this week's record, then I'll pick next, and we'll rotate them. Right. So, right, well, uh, this one I'll pick this week is uh, yeah. Your Love Is My Love, Whitney Houston. Right, okay. were you a big Whitney Houston fan? Well, Irvin Celine Dion, loved him, love him. Fantastic, fantastic voices. And I like I like Celine Dion when she's singing with uh, Bocelli, because I, like, I love Bocelli and all, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I've got a, a great uh, list of music I like to listen to. And an eclectic mix of music that you like, don't you? 
yeah you know it, the only ones I'm, I'm not really into but some of them i do is that heavy metal yeah same yeah yeah you know, if it's heavy metal you know you know like i it, it, it does send me down the twist you know but uh but no any music practically any music yeah i like to have anything that i can listen to it's got it you know um jim reeves I, I love to listen yeah. to jim reeves you know mm-hmm. you know I can, I can listen to any music but jim reeves my dad my mum and dad used to play and matt Munro and all them so you know there's uh I've, I've got a broad mind you know for music so tc it's time to say thank you for listening everybody thank you again for your time tc your love is my love by whitney houston is your uh, choice of song to uh, play out with uh, this week so till next week sir thank you very yeah. much thank you thank you everyone for listening and thank you for sharing our uh, podcast Keep safe and we'll hope that football starts as soon as possible. And thank, uh, have a great weekend, you and your missus, and give her my love. Uh, and to everybody out there, let's hope that football's back on soon. Absolutely. We won't be singing the blues probably this weekend, but hopefully in a few weekends' time we will be. So, for now, Terardi. Bye bye and have a good weekend. See ya. Cheers, pal. Cheers, Tay. Thank you. Bye bye. If tomorrow is judgment day And I'm standing on the front line And the Lord asks me what I did with my life I will say I spent it with you If I wake up in World War III Destruction and poverty And I feel like I wanna go home It's okay